Well, good morning to you. It's beautiful morning. Lord's been good to you. Been good to me. I haven't been to the hospital since I saw you. And I suppose none of you have been to the hospital since I saw you. Praise God. If you go to the hospital this morning, it's full of people, but it's not me and you. So that's a blessing, isn't it? That's right. It's a blessing. It's not me and you. It could be me and you. I think I, I, I think of that young lady that moved in across the road from us. She's in her 20s or 30s, and she's got, I don't know, probably stage four breast cancer. She's already had chemo and her hairs out, and we've been visiting with them a little bit, hoping maybe they'd come to church. Seek the Lord. Of course, I'm, I'm praying that God will save their souls and then heal her body. That's what I'm praying for. Then I think she would be able to give him praise that he's due. Well, it's good to see you this morning. Good to have the Huffmans with us this morning. And good to have Roy and Virginia with us. And good to have all you regulars. Uh, as Brother Chris already said, Brother Bell and Sister Lisa's out this week and they're in Virginia, so remember them in prayer, and we'll be talking to you this morning from Romans chapter 7. Romans chapter 7. If you want to follow along with us, I hope you will, and, uh, and we'll see what the Lord's got for us this morning. Uh, agree, I agree with Brother Chris. It's a privilege. It's a privilege to serve God, and uh, we shouldn't come to church and say, God's blessed because I'm here. Because, like I said, you could be in the hospital or in the cemetery. But God's not going to the hospital and He's not going to the cemetery because of His ills. I hope He's there to bless the sick and afflicted. But we are here this morning to praise Him and I hope it'll be a blessing to you. My intent is not to impress you with me. Brother Billy Mitchell said this and it's, and it's true. If you just hear my voice, you won't get much out of it. But if you can hear his voice, you'll be helped. And that's, that's, my, that's my hope this morning. And, and I hope that it'll be something that will stir your heart. I'm here this morning that hope the Holy Ghost will stir your heart. Now, if the Holy Ghost don't stir your heart, you won't get stirred. But, but we want to use the Word of God. And the Word of God is true. And the word, God giveth the Word and God preserveth the Word. You know, men can gnash their teeth and, and jump up and down and debate what's God's Word and what isn't. But God's not debatable. And His Word is not debatable. The debate comes in our misunderstanding. And I, I don't debate. I just read God's Word and, and let it apply to me as it will. That don't mean I know everything. I'm still learning. Of course, I've been studying the Bible since 1955, and I still had not scratched the surface. And, uh, but anyway, I'm, I'm grateful and I'm thankful. I love to read this book of Romans. I love to read the book of Romans. And I can, I can, I could start over uh, chapter one and read it and still get a blessing. I just do not exhaust it. I just do not exhaust it. The book of Romans. All right. I said Romans chapter seven. Let me back up and, <clears throat> and read a couple of verses in chapter six that I might get your mind where I'd like to have it as we enter chapter 7. If we go to chapter 6 and we look at verse 22, Paul told the Roman people, the Christians at, Roman, Roman, at Rome, 
Now being made free from sin and become servants to God, you have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. That means, uh, that means we have fruit in holiness. If you've been born again, your fruit is holiness. You want to be holy. Now, a lot of people present themselves as holy, and they're not. And I'm not judging there, but I just know what the Bible says. See? But our fruit, if you've been born again, is unto holiness. Holiness is doing right. And what's right? Well, right's not what I think's right. Right is what the Bible says is right. Okay? <clears throat> and I say real often, uh, there is a popular uh, 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 thought or philosophy in men today that if there's a God, uh, He's going to be a good God and He's going to let me into heaven because He's a good God. And if my work, good work, my good outweighs my bad, when I get to the scales, whichever way that is, that's the way I'll go. My good outweighs my bad, I'll go to heaven. My bad outweighs my good, I won't go to heaven. And that's, that's a popular concept in America today. The problem with it, it's not in the Old Testament and it's not in the New Testament. That's not what God is. See, what we got to understand, <clears throat> and what I, when I visit with men, I understand this is the missing note of America today in people's minds, that we are depraved before God. That means there's no good, no good when God looked down upon me and you, he saw no good, no good. Is it, is it Psalms 29, 39? It says, man at his best, at his best is altogether vanity. Man at his best state is altogether vanity before God. And Brother Isaiah comes in and says, all of our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. That's before God. Now that's not before Brother Chris. That's not before Brother Tim. That's not before me. That's before God. So we are depraved. And if I should go to, uh, uh, is it Ephesians 2? And what, verse 3? Uh, we're all children of wrath by nature. For by nature are we children of wrath. That means that you got it from your parents and they got it from their parents, and they got it from their parents until we get to Adam. See, now Adam disobeyed God, <clears throat> and God found iniquity in him and drove he and Eve out of the garden because of iniquity, and God's holy, you know. So we got the nature of Adam. We got the nature of Adam. And Adam sinned, and me and you are children of sin. And let me say this, I've said it before, but let me say it one more time. Some of you in here are, have got a little age on you. And when you got to the age of accountability, whenever that was, or the age of, uh, you know, like from 8 to 16, long in there, it was not our will to want to obey our father and mother. It was not our will to want to obey God. We did not run to daddy and mama uh, at that age and say, please take us to church. We go to mom and daddy and say, please take us to Walmart or please take us to Brahms. That's what we do. See, and that's okay. That's okay to go to Walmart and Brahms. But I'm just saying, 
Our nature is not to please God. You see? It don't, it don't appeal to us. That tells us that we got a depraved nature. Now the ver- next verse here, <clears throat> which is verse 23, said, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now that applies to all men and women. It applies to everybody. It applies to everybody. The wages of sin is death. Now I hear people saying, well, uh, 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 I drank a little. I never, I never did meet a fellow that drank alcohol that drank a lot. He'd always, oh, I drank a little. Yeah. Or, or I meet people, well, uh, so-and-so told a little white lie. Well, when I read it in the Bible, I don't find white lies. I find a scripture in Revelation that says, all liars shall have their part in the lake of fire that burneth forever and ever. I find that, but I don't find white lies. Okay? So the wages of sin is death. Now, it don't matter in the mind of man whether it's big sins or little sins. Don't matter. It's sin. Don't find in the Bible where there's little sins and big sins. It's sin. You see what I mean? Now, God is going to judge all sin. Now, now, now the Bible says it this way. The teaching in the Bible is this. God will judge my sin and God will judge your sin or God will forgive it. And God will only forgive it if you submit to Him. See? Coming to church is good. I'm glad you're here. But coming to church, just sitting on the bench, hear the preacher, don't get it done. You have got to move towards God with your heart. What the heart man believeth. See? Most everybody, most everybody in Midwest City that you'd meet this morning, if you could have a conversation with, most of them says, well, I believe in Jesus. I mean, we hunt Easter eggs on Easter. Don't that make us, uh, don't that, Easter egg hunting is not in the Bible. In fact, the word Easter's only been there once, and that's said by Herod. So, 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 that is not believing in Jesus savingly. Now, if you believe in him, you believe he was born of a virgin, you believe he died on the cross, Calvary, and arose three days, in your mind, that's good. But you need to go a step further. With the heart man believeth unto righteousness. It's got to be in your heart. With the mouth confession is made unto salvation. In other words, the Bible says you have got to be involved if you get saved. You can't depend on mom and daddy's salvation to get you in. You can't depend on grandma's salvation to get you in. You have got to get in. You have got to get in. See? All right, now let's go on down in the next chapter to chapter 7, since we've got a few things cleared up here. <clears throat> Paul says, Know you not, brethren, for I speak to them that know the law. See? Them that know the law. Okay? Principally the people that knew the law in the days that Paul is speaking in were Jewish people. So there were some Jewish uh, 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 saints in Rome and there were some Gentile saints in Rome. All right? He said, you, uh, I speak unto them that know the law 
how that the law hath dominion over a man as long as he liveth. Did you get that? Did you get that? How the law hath dominion over a man as long as he liveth. Oh, you didn't know that? Well, it does. See, it does. But, but wait a minute. But I don't want to be under the law. It don't matter. You are under the law. I'm under the law. And now, I want to, you hang with me because I'm going to go somewhere with that. I know we don't worship God in the law dispensation today. I know that. But Jesus fulfilled the law and, and, and he nailed our offenses to his cross. But he only did that if you are a believer. If you're not a believer, you're under the law. You're under the law, legally speaking, as far as God's concerned. And if you're under the law, the law says, what does the law say? Well, basically, that's right. The soul that sinneth it shall die. That's what the law said. But we mostly, uh, we think of the law as the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt honor thy father and mother that thy days may be long on the earth. Thou shalt not take the Lord thy God's name in vain. You see what I mean? Now, if you're not saved, God's got you charged with that. God's got you charged with it. That's right. And God hadn't forgot it. You said, well, I, had a, I said a bad word back in 2016. God hadn't forgot it. You, you might have forgot it. God hadn't forgot it. See? So we know from this uh, uh, how that the law hath dominion over man as long as he liveth. For the woman which hath a husband is bound by the law to her husband so long as he liveth. But if the husband be dead, she's loosed from the law of her husband. So then, if while her husband liveth, she be married to another man, she shall be called an adulteress. But if her husband be dead, she is free from that law, so that, she's no, uh, so that she is no adulteress, though she be married to another man. Okay, now Paul said all that to make a statement. Wherefore, my brethren, ye also are become dead to the law by the body of Christ, that you should be married to another, even unto him, even to him who is raised from the dead, that we should bring forth fruit unto God. Okay? What did I say a while ago? What did I say a while ago? The law hath dominion over man as long as he liveth. See? Let me, let me go a little further on that. If you die without Christ as your Savior, God will take the law, the book, the Bible, at the white throne judgment and judge you. You're going to come up before God. Now God knows everything. He's, he's from everlasting to everlasting. And he's holy, holy, holy. And for you to go to heaven, you've got to be perfect. Inwardly. See? Anybody thought of that? God wouldn't let you into heaven without you being perfect. See? Now I'm talking about the inward man. I'm not talking about your flesh, Christians. 
Talking about the inward man. See? But for God to make you holy on the inward man, you have got to have a, a high priest. And not the high priest after the order of Aaron. See? But the high priest after the order of Melchizedek. What was Melchizedek's feature when, when Abraham met him? Had no ending, no beginning. For he ever liveth to make intercession for us. You see, God is so technical and he knows everything so thoroughly that even after you're saved, he sees if in our flesh we are disobedient. But Jesus Christ is at the right hand of God to make intercession for you and he, he pleads your case. And he gets us off so God don't kick us out. Now let me say this carefully. If you didn't have a good high priest, Christian, sitting beside of God, falling from grace would be good doctrine. That's right. Now I used to think when I was a young Christian, well, I got saved and God just overlooks everything I do. But, well, in a way he does, but another way he does not. We got a high priest that ever liveth to make intercession for us now. Not someday, not yesterday. Today. And if you're saved, now don't get wobbly on me right there. Because John 10 says, no man is able to pluck them out of my father's hand. So when you get in the Lord's hand, in God's hand through Jesus Christ, no man is able to pluck you out of his hand. Now we may wobble, and we may do things that's not right in the flesh, but if God don't correct you, the Bible says you're a bastard and not sons. You see what I mean? If I go to 1 John, I, I find over there, and John's talking to Christians, there is a sin unto death. And there's a sin not unto death. Now that's for Christians. I know a while ago I said there's no big sins and little sins. As far as God's concerned on sinners, there's not. But when you get, when you get saved, there, there is a sin unto death. I don't know what it is. It's probably different for different people. Only God knows that. See? But there is. And you read 1 John real closely, I think it's the last, last chapter, you'll find that out. So, so, back to our lesson. We, we know that the law hath dominion over man as long as he liveth. But, but what about that? How, how do we get that fixed? <clears throat> so then, if while uh, the woman's husband liveth, she be married to another, she shall be called an adulteress. But if her husband be dead, she is free from that law so that she's no adulteress, though she be married to another man. Wherefore? In other words, Paul is going to give that as an example to us. Wherefore, my brethren? He's not talking to everybody. He's talking to brethren. All right? Ye are also become dead to the law by the body of Christ, that you should be married to another, even to him who has been who is raised from the dead, that we should bring forth fruit unto God. What? Why? How, how did we, how did Jesus Christ die to the law 
for us. How did he do that for us? Because there was no greater. When, when there was no greater, see, God gave a promise by two immutable things, which is impossible for God to lie. See, but, but God in his holiness demands perfection out of you and me. He demands it, and you can't be perfect. One man said, if you can't be perfect, you better get in somebody that is. And Jesus Christ was perfect. He never sinned a sin. He never had an evil thought. He, he never said a bad word. He never had uh, a guile in his mouth. So he, guile means we tell stories a little more than what they are, are, are for us. We tell a little less than what it is. That's guile. And we're guilty, ain't we? You see, but Jesus wasn't that way. He was perfect. He lived 36, uh, 33 and a half years on earth, we believe. He preached three and a half years to Israel, and they rejected him. And when he, when he rose from the grave, he told those apostles, he said, all power is given to me both in heaven and earth. That means God gave Jesus the power of the creation. Now, you might have thought of this, well, someday he's going to run it. No. He's running it now. See? Now, I teach that God, uh, <clears throat> God has got a, a determinate will. God's got a, a pleasurable will. And God has got a permissive will. And I use that in my study. See? Now, let me give you an example. Peter said in chapter 2 of Acts, by the determinate will, God delivered Christ to be crucified. That was God's determinate will. Nothing was going to stop that. I mean, Peter went up to the Lord when the Lord said, Peter, uh, disciples, I got to go away and be crucified. I'll die and I'll raise in three days. Peter went up to him and said, you're not going, Lord. You're going to start the millennial reign now. We don't want you to go. What was Jesus' answer to him? Get thou behind me, Satan. Thou knowest not the thing Savers, not the things that are of God. What was, he, what was his message to Peter? I have got to die. Why? Well, number one, the first thing he had to die for was to please the Father. The second thing he died for was to save me and you. See? And he did. And Peter said by the term of will. See, God foreknew. God testified. In, in, in the Old Testament, that, that the Savior was going to die. You see what I mean? So, now that's the determinate will. The pleasurable will of God is when a soul gets saved. There's rejoicing in heaven among the angels. That's God's pleasure. It's God's good pleasure. Little children, to give you the kingdom. That's God's pleasure. And then God has got a permissive will. He permits the world to get as, as evil as it is. I don't understand that. I don't understand that. See? I thought 40 years ago the world would only last about 10 years. That's what I thought. Reading the Bible. But here it is. And, and, and can I say this carefully? God's putting off His coming and His and his bringing mankind to judgment is grace. 
If you're here and lost, it's grace towards you. If you're lost, listen to me. If you're lost, what if the Lord had come yesterday? Where, where would you be? Now, one of these days, he's coming because I read the Bible, and it's in there more than once. See, it's in there more than once. Paul said, I'll show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be caught up to meet him. See, and that's going to be the advent. And, and when, when they leave, when the church leaves, now get this if you're lost. When the church leaves, the Holy Ghost, as a comforter and as a reprover, is going with it. And in our dispensation, read my lips, in, our, in our dispensation, nobody gets saved without Holy Spirit conviction. I don't mean the Holy Ghost will just throw you in the floor and you'll wallow. don't mean that. But it means you'll have something in your heart that just, just kind of warns you. I just feel uncomfortable when they talk about this. I, something, that's, that's God letting you know that you need to trust Jesus Christ as your Savior. And can I say this? You won't trust him without the call. Jesus said, No man cometh unto the Father except my, uh, no man cometh unto me except my Father which is in heaven. Draw him. And I want to, I mean, I want to emphasize again, I don't mean he'll put a rope around your neck and yank on you, but he'll put a spiritual rope around your heart and tug on you. He will. See, that's his job. I might not do my job, but he will do his. All right? So wherefore, my brethren, you also become dead to the law. See, if you're saved, the law has no more dominion over you. The law, the law can never bring you back into condemnation if you're born again. Can we say that again? The law is the strength of sin. I guess you know that. In other words, God takes the law and says, let me judge John Jones here. God, and God's ever knowing. Okay, well, he's, he's stolen. He, he shoplifted a little something over at Walmart. I know that. He said my name in vain three years ago. I know that. He, uh, he, he didn't obey his father and mother two years ago. I know that. See? That's the law. And it has dominion over people when they're lost. You say, I don't care. It's not going to have dominion over you. If you have that attitude, you're going to white throne judgment. I could read that to you out of Revelation 20. I don't believe I will today. But it says there's a great host of people there. And it says... God appeared on his throne. What's happening? He's going to judge all lost people. Don't matter what age you were in, he's going to judge people that was in Methuselah's age. He's going to judge people that's in our age. And in our dispensation, what are you going to be judged for? You're going to be judged according to the law. Now, when I ask you, did you ever steal anything? Your propensity is going to say no. 
But you can't tell God that. Because he knows. God says, did you ever ever disobey your father and mother? You can tell me no. I wouldn't know the difference. But you can't tell God no, because he knows the difference. And that's what I'm talking about this morning. I'm talking about how the law has dominion over you. And it's going to have dominion over you in eternity. That's why people go to hell. See? Say, I go to hell because of my bad deeds? No, you go to hell because of your nature. By nature, we're children of wrath. But your bad deeds shows where your nature is. That's what this is trying to tell us this morning. But, 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 wherefore, my brethren, you also are become dead to the law. Did you get that? Did you get that? How? Mr. Pollard, how do I become dead to the law? I'm glad you asked. By the body of Christ. By the body of Christ. That ye should be married to another, even whom is raised from the he who is raised from the dead, that we should bring forth fruit unto God. See? God changes your nature inwardly. See? You get saved, you go look in the mirror, you look the same to you, but you don't look the same to God. See? Because because Christ died in your place on Calvary. I don't know how many of you have read the account of Jesus dying on the cross, but he suffered approximately 24 hours before he died, and he was a bloody pulp, and, and, and they crucified him naked. Now, I appreciate the artist that wants to paint the cross, putting a putting a a cloth over him. But that ain't the way he was crucified. They gambled for his undergarments. See? Now I'm saying something here. And then he was was spit upon. He was cursed. Uh, His beard was plucked out. And then Pilate said, I find no fault in him. And the religious people said, crucify him, crucify him. And so Pilate gave in to the politics of the day and they crucified him. Now, I said all that to get this picture before you. That should have been me and you. Oh, brother, Mr. Pollard, you can't say, "Ah, yes, the Bible says that. That's the wrath of God. Jesus Christ tasted wrath for me and you. He tasted wrath for me and you. But can I repeat myself? But it will do you no good if you don't Trust Him with all your heart. You say, well, I don't feel nothing. Why don't you ask God to give you, give you a calling? Why don't you ask God to give you the Holy Ghost calling you? Yeah. He that, <clears throat> he that cometh unto me, Jesus said, I will in no wise cast out. See? Now you got to make a heart movement. I hope you'll make a body movement and come right up here in this altar and tell God how wicked you are. Oh, I don't want him to know that. He already knows it. But that's called repentance. That's called confession. See? 
A lot of people, millions of people are going this morning to a place and doing confession in a little small box to a feller through a knot hole, and, 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 and they really confess, but he can do them no good. He can do them no good. But if you confess to Jesus Christ, confess to God, and take Jesus Christ as your Savior by faith, you can get, you can get away from the law. You can get unhooked from the law. And, and according to the new covenant, and I teach this pretty often, but I love it. What is the new covenant? Well, the old covenant was the law. And what you know what the law said? Now, some fellow said, I'm trying to do the best I can. You don't find that nowhere in Exodus. No, no writer of the Old Testament said, just do the best you can. That's not in the Bible. The law said, he that doeth these things shall live of them. See? Well, they couldn't do it. So what did God do about it? Well, he built a tabernacle. And he put in it, he put in it a, 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 an altar. He put in a brazen altar. He put in a, a, a candlestick with seven uh, lights. He put, uh, he put the, the altar of incense. Uh, he put some more stuff in there. But what, what was the tabernacle for? The tabernacle was be, to go there because you are a sinner. See? If you didn't sin, you didn't need the tabernacle. But they did, and they brought their offering at that time, which was a sheep or a goat. Why did they do that? Because without the shedding of blood, there's no remission. See? So God required them to bring sheep, uh, bulls and goats. See? What for? For the time being. See? Now, now, now listen to me. In the Old Testament, God never did roll sins completely away. They just rolled them forward to next year. Roll them forward to next year. But praise God. We got a high priest that can forgive your sins forever. Hold them not against them anymore. What's the new covenant say? Behold, I'll make a new covenant with the house of Israel in those days, saith the Lord. Not according to the covenant that I made when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt. But this is the covenant I will make to them. I will take away their sins and iniquities and remember their sins no more. Is that the way you'd like to get saved or would you like to get saved like, like a holiness or a Camelot? Oh, I got sins, so I got to go back and do it again. I like to get saved where he remembers them no more. That's right. So you say, you say, this old man, gray-headed man's up here telling us God will forget what we used to be. He will. He promised to. He promised to. He will forget what we used to be. See? Now God never has forgot anything he didn't want to forget. See? He still remembers how many breaths Adam took. Hello? He still remembers that. And he remembers sins of all men that's not saved. But when you get born again, I'm not talking about joining the church. Say, well, I joined the church. Well, join the church won't no more, won't no more make you a lion and a Christian and joining the lion's club will make you a lion. See what I mean? You must be born again. 
That's something that happens in your heart. And, and can I say this? If you're, those of you that are lost, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not tromping on you. I'm not judging you. I'm not condemning you of myself. Although I hope the message is condemning you. But, but I, I cannot ever, ever bring you into condemnation. And if you get saved, the law is gone. See, that's what he's trying to tell us here. The law has been fulfilled on the cross. Jesus Christ lived the law to a jot and tittle. And, and if, we go, if we go to Colossians, it said, He nailed the, our offenses to his cross. See? When God saw the travail of his soul, where? On Calvary. God was satisfied. See, what does that mean? That means God, God said, I can take Glenn Pollard and the rest of these Christians' sins and I can forget them because they trusted my son as their savior. See, yes, he paid in full. Paid in full. See? <clears throat> Hebrews says that he could save to the uttermost them that come to God by him. See? Save to the uttermost. That means you're completely saved. Completely. See? God ain't looking for nothing else. Now, when God looks down on saved people, he says, here's what God thinks. He thinks a lot of things that I don't know. But here's one thing he thinks. That old boy used to be a sinner, but I forgot what he, what, I forgot what he did. Now, he's just. And inwardly, not outwardly, he's as holy as God is. That's kind of hard to believe, but that's when you get saved, God changes the inside of you to be holy when he looks down upon us. You see what I mean? And God wants to do that. You know, some people picture us as is, a, is an old-timey old bunch that just teaches a mean-spirited God that gets pleasure in throwing people into hell. Did you know the Bible says God takes no pleasure in the death of wicked? God don't want to do that. But His holiness demands that He do it. <clears throat> See, God couldn't be holy, 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 and He is, and let one sinner get by with one sin. So therefore, Jesus Christ died. He dies that all of our sins might be passed away. Jesus said in, 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 Hebrew, in uh, Revelation chapter 1, He's washed us in His own blood. Now let me say something about that. That don't mean in the church house you get blood poured on you. That, that is symbolic of what Jesus did when He entered heaven that Sunday morning with His own blood. He went to heaven that Sunday morning, offered the blood to the Holy Father in heaven, in heaven itself, and God was satisfied. So Jesus came back to prayer meeting that Sunday night. You say, how far away is heaven, third heaven? I don't know. You said Jesus traveled by as fast as the speed of light? No, he travels at the speed of thought. See, he was there that morning. He said, Mary, don't touch me. What, what does that signify? Mary was a saved woman too. 
What's that signify? Signify one fingerprint of humans and he was defiled. Don't touch him there. I hadn't yet ascended to the Father. So he goes up to the Father that Sunday morning. He presents himself. He gets accepted. He comes back that night, meets him on the road to Emmaus. And when he gets in, that, uh, in, the, in the meeting, he says, handle me and touch me. See, see, it's not me. See my wounds? What was the deal? He'd gone up to the Father, and the Father said, I accept you. So he went back down and spent 40 days with his disciples again before he went back to heaven. Now he's on the right hand of God making intercession for saved people. He's on the right hand of God giving a call out to sinners. Would you come and trust Christ as your Savior? That's what he's doing. I died for you. You remember a while ago when I described his visage on the cross? That should have been me and you. Why? Because that's what God meets out to people, to sinners. See? And, and, and one person said, you, preach a, you teach a mean-spirited God. No, I preach this holy God. He's holy. He can't let sin get by except it be by the blood of His Son. And what I was going to say a while ago, Jesus offered His blood in heaven. And so it's already been offered for you. But if you come forward and you trust Christ as your Savior, God judicially washes your sins away. Not to ever remember them against you anymore. He washes them away. See? And, and, and so we were washed in His own blood. That's what He means by that. Now down here, you say, well, how do you know you're saved? He puts something in your heart it lets you know, I'm free. I'm free. That's in your heart. See? Now, some people said, will I jump and run? I don't know. You might. I've seen people get saved and jump and run. I've seen people get saved and cry. I've seen people get saved and laugh. I've seen a few people get saved and they just sit there. See? That's up to God. I mean, I hope you run. I hope you shout. That's fine. But you will know something happened right here. The old preachers used to, when people was in the altar, they'd come by and say, has God done anything in your heart for you? Now you can lie or tell the truth. See, now I'm not trying to, put you, to get you to put doubt on God. Don't doubt God. He's already said, all that cometh unto me, I will in no wise cast out. But when you come to him, bring your heart. Bring your heart. Don't say, here I am, Lord. I've been mean. I've been a mean person, and, and I want to do better. You can't do better. You can't do better. You say, what do you mean you can't do better? I could not steal at Walmart. Yeah, you could do that. But that don't make your, that don't, that don't make your nature any better before God. See? It takes God to wash away our sin. <clears throat> what can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. That's a true song. See? Now, He does it in the spiritual realm. You're not going to see Jesus. 
These people says, I saw Jesus. No, they didn't. They're lying to you. See, this bunch on television send me $100 and I'll talk God into getting doing something good for you. Don't you believe that for a minute. Don't you believe that. That's not, that's not in this Bible. That's the wrong dispensation for that. All right, I'm out of time this morning. I thank you for listening to me. I hope and pray it's been a blessing to you. I hope that uh, the Lord will move you today to do His will. Whether you're a saint or sinner, I hope God will move you to do His will. All right? And let me say this in closing. I don't talk to people in a judgmental sense from me. I don't talk down to you. I'm a sinner saved by grace. See, I am saved. I am saved. So, so I got no right to talk down to you, and I don't. But I'm very, very honest, as I know how to be, when I tell you what the Scripture said about us. and It said all sinners that have not been saved are lost. And you will go to hell when you die. That's what the Bible says. That's not me judging you. I'm just telling you what the Bible said. All right. Thank you for listening to me. How many Bibles did we have this morning? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. All right. Thank you. Thank you.